I'm running right. on like I'm gonna be stuck in second gear all day. I think so. For this, is one. that the strong one or the weak one or the That's, fast one? Uh, not that fast. I'm not hungover, but I'm I am sleep deprived. So, but we'll get into that later. Do you want Chris to do the intro? Sure, Me? Chris. Do the intro, yeah. Chris. Returning I'm guests always do the intro. intro. <laughs> what? Yeah, it turned it. What turned into just a way to bully what's his name way back in the day. It actually ended up becoming a recurring joke. You Phil really want me to read the intro? Yeah, read the notes. What are you doing? Okay. This is our show. Yeah, follow the rules. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Gaming Get Together, a cooperative podcast. Blah. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each Hello. pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relay to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo. At least you're right, creme de la creme, right? <laughs> yeah, that's usually the point that gets Who, people. What was it? It was it? No, it wasn't list off. It was recent. It was Dylan from Offshore that said cream de la cream, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we laughed at him for that too. Like Crazy. what a fool! Oh, but I'm actually <laughs> Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner Nave and a returning co-op partner Chris from One Hour One Decision Podcast. Hi. That Great was, to have you. Uh, you, threw, you threw me for a loop right there, but you know what? I try to roll with the punches, so it's fine. Thanks for having it me. It's always like again, some guys. giant chaos, crazy tornado that it confuses everybody whenever we decided to do that. <laughs> okay. Because after all these episodes, we still don't know how to transition away from the intro. Oh. I usually just announce what we are. We are a gaming podcast. So let's check in with what games we've been playing this week. We'll start with you, Nave. What have you been playing this week? Been backlog busting some more last. Look I mean, it's you. only been a few days since our last recording. That's what's weird. But um, I just finished Prey. The out the uh, the outro the ending of Prey very cool, very interesting. Got me thought provoking. Got me wanting to probably play it some more. I was almost gonna delete it, and I forgot that I bought Moon Crash, which is like its own little like roguelike DLC kind of thing. And so I'm gonna start well, playing that a little bit. Supposedly, that was where uh, the idea for Deathloop came, was from Moon, Moon Crash. I can absolutely yeah. see it. Like, I've only just played a little bit of it. I've only unlocked two characters, but I can absolutely see Deathloop out of this game. But, like, cool. I don't know why. I, I love the art style of Arcane, but I can't get into any of their games. Oh, like, yeah, I, really I understand wanted, that. I really wanted to get into this game. I really did. And I just couldn't... Like, I think the fact that they just like they're like here you go figure it out like how to get to the next objective throws me for a little bit of a loop because I'm ex I'm expecting for some reason an on rails experience mm. if that makes sense. Oh, you yeah. re you guys recently on your podcast just had an episode yeah. on prey, and yeah. uh, that was one of your complaints that you had. And I was thinking, so uh, you were talking about how you had to read all the time in this game. Well, there's. <laughs> It, you don't. You actually, to the game's credit, with its openness, you don't have to read if you don't want to. You can learn how to hack. You can get strong so that you can move debris out of the way. And there are just so many mm -hmm. branching paths going everywhere that it, it's insane. Like just right at the end of the game, I was confused in this one of the final areas, and I didn't know where to go. And 
um, I was looking up at the roof just sarcastically because I'm just like, why, God, you know, or something. <laughs> and I noticed that I see a vent going around and I see it go down into a, a, a room that I can't that I can't get into from the outside. I don't have the key card. Don't know where the hell it's at. And I'm like, I wonder. And I spider man there's a gun called the glue gun, which I'm sure, I think yeah. you guys ran into. Yeah, you I can think I got that one, yeah. shoot the glue gun and it makes like little platforms. bubbles that you can yeah little platforms that you can jump on along a wall so i scaled a it's like a three-story high wall to get to a vent to walk all the way across to the other side of the room and then fall down and almost die but i landed in that room and i'm like well i just <laughs> now i don't have to find that stupid key card i just surpa- oh, i just passed all of that because i randomly looked up and that's the kind of gameplay that you can expect from this game. Like, if you don't want to hack ever, you will be able to find emails and find basically every single uh, co- uh, key combination for safes and computers and all that. You'll find all the passwords and everything. Or if yeah. you you can get strong and you can move debris out of destroyed doors and have access to different pathways in the in the in the hub world. I was gonna say, but the whole game is like in its own little environment so it's not really mm-hmm. there's no hub worlds but yeah game is really fun it's really thought-provoking um it it take it uh it asks questions like what it what are you like what is yourself mm. like who like are you you right now or are you you before and now and in the future and how do you reconcile those three different people because everyone's different all the time i'm different five yeah. seconds from now so it's like Really uh, interesting thing if you like that kind of stuff in your video games, that Bioshocky feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What else you been playing? Um, I a while back picked up this game called Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth, and I had no idea what this was. It's it looked like a just kind of a Telltale esque game, which it is now that I've played it. I probably picked this up like two years ago. And I picked it up because of the art style. It looked really nice. It kind of reminded me of uh, Banner Saga a little bit, but more oh, yeah. like ye old English instead of uh, Vikings, you know? And that's exactly what it is. And while I was sitting around playing this game, Philip messaged me on Discord, and he's like, holy shit, you're Pillars of the Earth? I love that book. And I'm like, that what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, and it's a TV show on HBO. And I'm like, it is? Is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's either HBO or Stars. I'm not sure. But yeah, I love the book series. I've read them all the way through like three separate times. They're really oh. good. They are, um, I want to say fantasy, but there's no fantasy elements. It is just historical fiction. There's no magic or anything. Very uh, low power, like peasants living in the dirt, meeting uh, like people in monasteries and stuff. It's good. Yeah, the animation, or at least the art style, kind of reminds me of like Castlevania a mm. little bit. If you can like see, the, I don't know if you're looking at the uh, like a trailer or at screenshots, but if you see it in motion, it 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 doesn't move as well as you would expect just looking at screenshots. But okay. the environments and the details on 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 all these different kinds of things, the voice acting as well. The, there's a lot of effort and love put into this, and so I basically it's in, it's separated by three books. I don't know if that's like mm. actually how the series is, but I just finished book one, which I, I read that every single book is about the same length. So I'm literally about a third of the way through the game. And I'm probably going to finish this in the next few days because I, it's, it's 
bite-sized, but it's slow at the same time. So I've gotten to the end of the first book, and I'm kind of like, I want to see where all, how all of these threads kind of tangle up. Everyone just kind of met all, all at the end of book one, so I don't want to, like, spoil stuff. But whenever Philip messaged me, Philip was like, are you in a monastery or are you rich from wool? And we are in a monastery, and we just got a bunch of sheep, and, and they're talking about it. And I'm like, what does Philip know? I'm like looking at the oh, sheep. That's just there. how it goes. <laughs> Philip knows something about these sheep. <laughs> but it's not about the sheep. It's about the water rights that go under the King's Bridge right down the down the river. And whoever has those water rights, you know, it, it just gets the, – the books are fantastic because it's incredibly low action. Like I don't know how to like, describe it. Like there is zero stakes most of the time because it's just like, hey, man. The king promised me rights to the, all the tithings of the bridge that go to this monastery, and he has to go petition the lord of the land to uphold these rights because there's another lord that's pushed. It's all bureaucracy. <clears throat> I would describe it as like I don't know, like medieval soap opera, uh, but it's really good. I'm wondering because what I really want to know is if the game follows like closely along with the books or the tv show or anything like vice versa because it's like the walking dead tv show follows really closely to the animated or to the to the visual novel right but then the yeah. video game that telltale made that blew up had nothing to do with any of that it was like its own separated mm -hmm. story and so i'm curious as to how that goes what the philip is going to know right now because the he told he mentioned he's like don't trust the church and as i'm playing a monk <laughs> like that is running a monastery named Philip. And so yeah. I'm like, is that like in the books? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Philip is the main character. Uh, well, he's one of the main characters. There's a lot of main like characters. This, these books because Philip is. <laughs> a, no. <laughs> Philip's a jerk in the books. He is not. He's not helpful a lot of the time because he's oh, weirdly really? religious. Yeah. Oh, like, well, this game is like telltale because you get to oh, choose you get a choice. Thing. So yeah. I've been making him really good. Yeah, well, he's so, a really nice guy and helpful. But anytime someone's like, hey, man, I really want to do that. And he's like, that sounds like a sinner's idea. And he'll just like instantly <laughs> go against it, even though it's now forcing these people to starve to death in the streets. Mm. Maybe you should Rough. play this game because I that's interesting. The cool thing is, so when uh, the, the crew that we ran with me and Philip in high school, it was me, Philip and our other best friend, Steven. And it's like we have Philip, the priest, and then we have King Stephen. And I'm like, where's the Austin or where's the nave? And they're building a castle. So they're constantly yeah. being like, okay, so go over there by the nave and just wait for me. And I'm like, I'm just a fucking piece of a building. <laughs> That's great. What, uh, what did I expect? I don't know what I expected. But uh, the game uh, is really interesting if you are into Telltale games. You play anything else this, since our last recording? Uh, I played some more Control. Uh, not really anything to right about it's good is it's very good um and the gunplay i'm starting to appreciate more and more and the telekinesis in this game probably the best telekinesis i've ever experienced in a game like it's better it than the guns so great yeah oh i keep forgetting so you played it too. yeah i've so yeah, finished that one checked it off my list it's really good uh, telekinesis is op just put all your points in it yeah i'm putting it my gave, points like, in the, the, the challenges are really hard too though those are optional. The challenges you can skip them. are challenging. Yeah, the challenges are like, go to this specific place and headshot people with this gun. And I'm just like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. 
especially since they infinitely like resupply like challenges i guess from like destiny and then they looks like you've been playing eso again you having a good time it is uh mind-numbingly uh (laughs) it passes the time (laughs) if i just feel like sitting around i am running on like an hour and a half of sleep because i stayed up all night watching my hero academia and so (laughs) and i then i looked out the window and the sun was up and i was like shit I need. We, we didn't know when we were going to record, so I was like, "Oh crap! If they record early, that's, I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be that's dead." My fault. <laughs> so luckily, we recorded late, so I got a little bit of sleep in. Well, I'm glad we're here recording now. Chris, what have you been playing this week? Um, I fortunately or unfortunately played Diablo Immortal. Oh yeah, I've been playing yeah. it too. What level are you? I've been twenty something. Yeah, no, I think that's where I'm at no, too. Take that back. I'm uh. I have two characters. Um, one is level 30. The other is like 26. So my sorceress is level 30. Um, my monk is 26. Nice. You didn't want to make a, a witch hunter boy? The dual crossbows? Uh, no, I mean, I heard because I heard the, um, the sorceress is fun to play. Uh, and I, and I, I agree because like the combos that you can do with the character are pretty nice. And, um, I was usually I was usually a monk in Diablo three. Was a monk main, so I was like, yeah, that was fun. But sorceress is pretty good too. Well, what are you not liking about the game, or what do you got, Nave? I was gonna say, Chris, if you had to guess, what would be me and Philip's mains in Diablo three? I don't know how familiar you are with them because I'm not very familiar with them, honestly. Yeah, see, there's a necromancer, there's a the witch hunter, there's the sorcerer, there's the the monk, there's a barbarian, kind of barbarian, yep. Yeah, I think that's there's everyone. No paladin, or there's no paladin or anything like that, right? I don't think so. At least not to my knowledge. I feel like one of you would be a demon hunter. I don't know which one. The, the same as the witch hunter? Yeah, sure. Okay. That's what I picked on Immortal. And I was a little bummed out whenever I went to go type in my name. I typed in T-U-V and it auto-corrected to Tub, T-U-B. <laughs> Good. When I hit enter. Good so nice. Yeah, so now I'm Tub the Witch Hunter. Nice. That's the way Perfect. to do it. I play the Necromancer. I'm very excited for Diablo 4. Yes. I want to play that Necromancer. He looks cool. Um, did we ever get so who was the person that had that ability that made that blood wave, tidal wave down the hallway? Do you remember in the in the in the I think uh, that was a Necromancer. trailer? I hope so, because it looks really cool. I don't know who else it would be, but you never I know. I think it was a trailer for him. Yeah, right. Well, what are you not liking about um, Immortal? Um, I don't think it's just a constant reminder to go into the marketplace or like to buy stuff. I don't like that. Um, You're not numb to I've it yet? Ignoring... What's that? You're not numb to it yet? I feel like I deal with a lot of microtransaction games, and I'm pretty yeah. desensitized where I don't even see the store anymore. It just It's like a blur in my eyeballs whenever I like graze over it. Well, it's more like because there's this, there's that little red diamond just like lingering. Oh, in the, the notification thing. Yeah. yeah and I, that bothers me so much. And every time I click on it, it just takes me to the shop. I'm like, no, I don't want to play. I don't want to buy anything. You're going to so, fucking hate ESO. That drives me uh, up the fucking wall. Is that, the are you serious? Well, ESO does that as well. It's not particularly about the store so much, but it's like you collected this thing 
uh, like a, a collectible, and then it goes into a, li- a list of like 50 folders that have 25 collectibles that have 50 oh. pros in it. And then you have to, in order to get that gone, you have to click on that, click this, 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 scroll all the way down, click that, scroll down, and it is like the fucking worst. I've just yeah, given, I've up. given up on I that. Let, yeah, I let notifications just stay there. It's it, I have to. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. I mean, other than Diablo, um, yeah, I've just been playing what we're going to be talking about today. TMNT. Perfect. So this kind of goes straight into my backlog. I finished Vanquish last week or whatever, and I'm like, all right, time to take care of Bayonetta. And I went and tried to launch Bayonetta, and for some reason it kept saying that the disc wasn't in the Xbox. And I'm like, the disc is right there. And I could not get it to work. And I went as far to uninstalling Bayonetta and then trying to reinstall it. But of course, it keeps saying the disc isn't in the game. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just do a hard reset on the Xbox. Start doing the hard reset. That that fixes it. You know, I'm able to like start it up. Problem is, then Bayonetta had to reinstall. It's like 15 gigs. But it's downloading off the disc, which is for some reason so much slower than just doing the internet <laughs> download. And so I'm like, all right, this instead of taking you know, five minutes to do a 15 gig download. We have to, I'm sitting here for like two hours. So I started playing Hydro Thunder Hurricane, which Nave, I see you have played a lot of Hydro Thunder Hurricane. That game is really good. Okay, so I've been playing ESO with Melissa, but every she plays a couple other games, Hydro Thunder being one of them. And so we've just been racing each other. And did you know if you go into the racing <laughs> mode and you go all the way to the end, past all of the the busted broken ships, there's a rubber ducky ship that you can drive. No, really? And it, sque- it goes squeak every time you hit a wall. It's fucking awesome. I'm like, yeah, rubber ducky. And there are people playing that online. Not a lot. But we had I mean, the game is good. Before. I was like, what the hell? Like, people are playing all these 360 games, and everyone says backwards wow. compatibility is worthless. Not to those four people. Yeah, not to, that was a blast. No Thunder. Yeah, I think I got it for Games for Gold, and I just, it's in my backlog now because I got the game for free or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go and finish all the races. And the game is really good about with its difficulty curve because it drops you in with like he's like these are the slow, puddly baby boats, and then as you like each time you complete a race, you'll unlock another race, and then you'll unlock a new boat. To in the way it works is like it has different like tiers of boats, and so you'll go from baby tier to mid tier to pro tier. And once you get mid-tier, then it's like, hey, you're mid-tier. You should go back and re-race the other races, but faster now. And <laughs> it's actually really good as far as difficulty scaling because I can see myself getting so much better as I watch my scores get better. And I see them against Nave scores. And there's one where Nave got like, you got like four minutes on one track and I got it by like three minutes. So we'll talk on those boats, Nave. <laughs> well, I wonder if it counts the multiplayer t- times too, because there there were some of those races where I was like, I'm not going to win because there was a rando with like a super fast boat. And I was like, I'm just going to wreck everyone. Like I'm going <laughs> oh, full God. on turning around in the racetrack, going the wrong way. Well, they make it so easy to hit the other racers too, because like, uh, what is it? Uh, the drag thing, getting their slipstream. It is ridiculous on this. Your dog pushing buttons? Yeah, yeah my dog started pushing buttons. <laughs> dude she knows man i can't leave anything on that ottoman she's gonna hit that like she'll watch she'll flip around and she'll put her paw right on that remote and turn the tv off or something she knows exactly <laughs> what she's doing God. yeah but once you get in the slipstream you just like crash into people's butts instantly it's really strong <laughs> like overpowerly strong it doesn't make sense physically how fast you catch someone in their slipstream good game i recommend it i hope i finish it 
You, you know what I will, will forever be in my backlog? I don't what? know why, but Brutal Legend. You're never going to play it? No, I, I've I've always started to play it. I'll start playing it, and then like I'll just get stuck in one place. I'm like, ah, I'm good. Is it when the game starts I, turning into a real-time strategy? Kind of, yeah. Because like, I think it was at that one point where I'm like, I'm trying to get uh, I get to one area with the headbangers. I'm trying to beat this one part, and like I don't know why I'm, I keep missing one thing, and then the whole thing fails. I'm like, oh, forget it. Forget that this. Brutal Legends a game that starts so high and then just falls off a cliff so fast. It's like so <laughs> good in the first few hours, and then yeah. that's the scary thing about like the like your your show one hour one decision where like you right. get this like really good pe- like what is it uh polished area of the game right at the beginning just to have nothing later on like uh it makes yeah. me think of no man's sky like you know on steam <laughs> you have two hours to return a game well in two hours you think no man's sky back whenever it first came out was probably going to be great but you never get off the planet in two hours usually yeah. like you don't yeah. you're not leaving the planet in the first two hours so a lot of that's always what i think about like brutal legends a game that stands out to me like that as well where it's like front loaded really really jam-packed yeah i mean i love jack black but you know i don't think he could keep this game going well let's see what kept nave going with nave what did you buy this week risk of rain one was like two dollars so i went and bought that um i don't know if it's still on sale i almost bought it for you too but then i was like okay if we both own this game then we're gonna want to play the first one before the second one and it's gonna turn (laughs) into a gears of war situation where we are like we're like oh crap we like this game. i really want to play five but I need to play yeah. four first. Yeah. And Risk of Rain 1 looks a lot different than Risk of Rain 2. I think Risk of Rain think 1 so. is two-dimensional. I think I played Risk of Rain 1, and I remember it being 2D, I think. And then I saw Risk of Rain 2, and I'm like, whoa, this is completely different. Yeah, so I, I held back my $2. I'll get a Monster Energy drink with that <laughs> later on. Um, I also yes. got Red Faction Gorilla Remastered. So just because it's remastered. you didn't own that already. Well, it's it goes on sale for $2 all the time. And it's like... I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I'm like <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? I love Red Faction Gorilla, but it's like I I have all these Saints Row games that I bought and I'm just like never playing them. Like the only reason I went back to for 4 is because we were going to play it together for the show. And I'm just like there's so many of these games that I buy that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play Kingdoms of Amalar again for sure. Yeah. I, I have 80 <laughs> hours to fucking put aside for that one also. Yeah. That's probably but, backlog busting. Sometimes the games just take too long to play. Yeah, especially when you go and buy another edition of a fucking game you've already played, like Bayonetta for, like, Philip right now. Like, I just went through, and, um, what is the game? What is it? Dragon's Dogma? Is that the game that's going fucking wild right now on Twitter? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I own Dragon's Dogma, I have, and I own Kingdoms of Amalur 360, and I bought it for the Xbox One also, and I have Kingdoms of Amalur, the Xbox One version, and I have a physical copy on the 360 somewhere around here, and it's just like, I haven't even played Dragon's Dogma once, like, ever. I played it for like 10 minutes, and I was like, I don't have the patience for this right now. I have and time I never for this went back. I'm such a fake gamer. A fake gamer alert. Is it supposed alert? to be good? I don't know. It's supposed to be tight, apparently. Everyone loves it, yeah. I don't know, because Kingdoms of Amalar, it's like Kingdoms of Amalar is like Fable a little bit. And then the uh, Dragon's Dogma is kind of like Dark Souls. I don't want to like, it's not hard or anything. It's just like the way that the game plays. It's a lot like less, it's not ESO. It's not anything like that. It's like a little bit more like Dark Souls as far as the gameplay. Gotcha. All right, Nave, what news do we have? Oh, so I wanted to talk about this last week, but I forgot. 
but it's better because Chris is here, so he'll get to hear the story. So every day <laughs> that I'm at my job, as long as it doesn't rain or anything, there is a house on this really long dirt road where there is this dog that chases me like all the way down the street. And then when I turn around and go back up the street, he chases me all the way back up the street. And this dog, it is, it's so happy to see me. It's, it fucking loves this truck because it loves running along. And so it's like when I drive down the street, it chases me and I turn around and he's waiting for me at the corner of his fence. He spins in donuts. I've shown this video to yeah, Philip. I can probably, me. I can send, I'll put it in the discord. Eventually you'll see it. So Chris is probably just going to start laughing at some point randomly. But um, <laughs> this dog just sits there and spins in anticipation for me like a wind-up toy like legitimately like it's winding up and then as soon as i get parallel to it it just just takes off with me and just starts running well uh on saturday the last day that i worked the dog was doing its spinny thing and then i got next to it and it ran full speed straight into the fence like miscalculated so hard it just accordioned into the fence but it was a trooper. He got back up. Like, he fell over and everything. But he got back up and chased me down. Like, he caught up with me. And, of course, I slowed down because I was like, oh, God, no, please. But It's just a scratch. I'm good. He's good. The dog did not care. But it was it was brutal. <laughs> like, it was intense. The dog dogs sounds are, like a hero. Dogs are great. Every day it makes me smile. I see that dog. I'm like, this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite parts of the day is watching this dog spin. Well, Let's bring in some of our other heroes on our Patreon. Thanks, Michael Superbacker and Pinecone. And if you want to donate to the cause, our Patreon's down in the notes below. Thanks, boys. Nave, what's our Twitter say? Uh, We got two. Let me make sure I don't got any more. But I think we got two from uh, Alejandro from a random gamer's corner. And I'm not on the notes, so that's just from my memory. Who was the other person? Mick, uh, Mick Arcade. Arcade. Mick Arcade and Alejandro coming after the break. So now we're going to take a quick break and then we'll hit our game of the week. The music plays. Look at him spin. He's spinning. Watch. (laughs) He spins faster as I'm coming closer. (laughs) Very fast. I love this fucking dog. (laughs) I love this dog so much. It's amazing. And we're back. Our game this week. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, developed by Tribute Game Studios, I guess, or Tribute Studios, who was famous for a bunch of games I've never heard of that I put in the notes if you guys feel like looking at them. (laughs) You've never heard of... Friends till the end? Mercenary Kings? Yeah, Wizorb. (laughs) Wizorb, the famous 2011 game on MS-DOS? Panzer Paladin? What is Flint? And, I feel like I've heard of that one. I don't know. That one sounds familiar. But I might just be thinking of Flint, Flint Lock, the new game coming Flint out. Flint Lock, the one's coming. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. All these games. What is the pirate-themed uh, RPG called? Oh, that one. Uh, Greedfall? Greedfall? Yeah. Greedfall? Or is it Risen? That's another one. Those are two different Those, pirate-themed more RPGs. more than one? Yeah, Risen's in my backlog. Yeah. Flint? Oh, no. I'm so lost now. Let's just go on. All right, published by, <laughs> I don't know if this is Dotamu or Do, Dot Emu, their publisher, but they're uh, they publish other great games such as Windjammers and Windjammers Two. You know, I used to, I, I used to like, I think one time on the show, I think it was the Streets of Rage one where I was like, it's Dot Emu, duh, like everyone knows that, but someone was like, you're wrong, and you were so confident about being wrong, and I was like, 
I don't know if I believe you, but <laughs> I'm double just down. pretend and that I never read that. Yeah. So quick description for old turtles. With Bebop and Rocksteady assaulting Channel 6 and stealing a super gnarly devices to support Krang and Shredder's latest twisted plan, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sees the turtles battling across a righteous range of timeless locations from Manhattan to Coney Island to rooftops and dank sewers. Helped a fearsome foursome trounced foot soldiers, Triceraton warriors, and rock troops all the way to Dimension X from the Xbox website. Which is interesting yeah, it, that it says fearsome foursome because you get to play as seven different characters. And six-player co-op, which is oh, a yeah. lot of co-op. So, Did you guys just, ever get to experience six-player co-op? Yeah, whenever we, me and you first played it. Chris is saying not, no. no. Nope. It is a lot on the screen. I don't know what is going on most of the time. <laughs> it was already a lot when we were playing it. There, whenever you start the game up, you can press Y for party up, and then you can just look for public matches, and you just it's kind of like old-school like Star Wars Battlefront 2. You just see a bunch just of drop lobbies in. that you can join in. And usually if there's a lobby with three people in it, it's instantly going to fill up. So, Or that's how it was on like day two when I was playing the game a lot. So before we start hitting the meat points of the game, uh, do you guys have a lot of experience with the Turtles as a franchise or as the Turtles games? We'll start with you, Chris. Uh, yes. I grew up on the show, the video games, everything. Even that impossible one on Nintendo. Um, but, you know, obviously... Going to the arcades, Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, all that stuff. Like, that was my jam. Like, that was, it was so good. And it was obviously uh, a lot of quarters were spent on those games and a lot of fun times. That was, that was like when Konami was just like kicking it, kicking a lot of ass. Yeah. With all their arcade games and everything. They were, they were, they were just on, they were on it. But, um, but yeah, and like I said, um, like I said on Twitter and before, Raph is my boy. So don't at me. Raphael best turtle, according to Chris. Uh, it is t at tc one h one d. That's where you <laughs> direct all of that hatred. What about you, Nave? Do you have history with the turtles? I know I know little to nothing about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Unfortunately, uh, whenever we first got on one h one d on their Andromeda episode, I think this came up at some point randomly for no reason. <laughs> as things tend to do around me. But we, uh, I, or we, I'm lumping Philip in here so that I don't feel left out like an outcast, but I don't really know anything. My, I know that there's an SNES game because I was in the Cub Scouts for a very small amount of time and they had an SNES, like it was in a church and at the church they had an SNES on one of those TV wielding cart things. And so. Yeah. <laughs> While everyone was, like, being social, you know, with each other because they're all friends and I was just this random person that joined for three weeks, I would just sit there and play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because that's the only game that they had out all the time. So it's like I just I just connect these this franchise with this time of isolation in my life, which <laughs> <laughs> is so sad. But uh, luckily it's gone. It's no more because now I connect it with this fucking bitchin' game. This game is yeah. great. Well, Nave, not to lump me in with you, but I got a little bit of history with the Turtles. I collected, like, I say collected. I was a little kid. My parents would buy me, like, Power Rangers, Turtles, and Batman action figures, and that's what I had growing up. Uh, a solid okay. lineup, if you, if you ask me, you know? Like, because then you can do, like, little teams where you could have Turtles versus Power Rangers with Batman doing his own thing in the shadows. Pretty good. But I remember my uncle growing up, uh, I remember we, he's like, you know, he lives halfway across the country, but we go and visit my cousins and stuff. 
he had a turtles machine in his garage, like arcade machine. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, they didn't have any other games, but I was like, you know, I was I've always been a pro diehard gamer. And so he'd be like, Hey, Sonny, come check out this here turtles machine. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is sick, but it's also really hard in a, you know, he's like, you have like the little thing open so you can get infinite credits because I was dying yeah. constantly because I was bad at games. <laughs> but I remember turtles game being pretty good. But besides that, I don't, I haven't played any of the other games. Philip, do you have an opinion on who the best turtle is? Uh, no, actually, I was always, you know, I have real hard problems telling the turtles apart. I know they all have different weapons and blizzards. Is it only because only 1% of them are a different color? <laughs> Which is funny because apparently back in like, was it like the old comics or whatever, they all had the same color headband, like red or something yes. like that. So it's like, how can mm-hmm. you even tell them apart then? This is like a ninja problem where everyone's the same kind of ninja. Well, they all use different weapons too, though. Yeah, but it like it's also weird because they went really kid friendly. So they have one that has literal like size meant for puncturing holes in people's bodies, <laughs> and never <laughs> seems to kill anyone with them. It's just like okay, or I think there's one with a sword too. It's like it doesn't make yeah, sense. Leonardo has swords. He has katanas. Donatello has the bow staff. Michelangelo has the nunchucks. They all, all right. can do damage to someone, absolutely. But, but you so, know. It's I, all before yeah. playing this game, I definitely felt like the was it Donatello with the staff. I thought that that was the one that I probably liked the most. But that's strictly because purple is the best color. It's not even close. It's like number one purple, number two, three, and four empty, and then number five is blue. So it's like <laughs> that's what the list looks like. But uh, now that I played this game and everyone, we're getting into this bit. Oh, the, the animation is Mwah, chef's fucking kiss. Delicioso. It's fucking great. And there's one character that stood out to me, which is Michelangelo. Who was I playing? One with the nunchucks. Yep. Yep. One with the nunchucks. And he runs like a fucking idiot. And I was like, I love this one. This is my favorite one. He He's is the so dopey dumb. one. He's a dopey yeah. one. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to pick him every single time. Which is weird because you think the nunchucks would be really technical, but he's yeah. the most, he's the derpiest well, what one. I, what I yeah. think in my head, which might, it might be the rationalization anyways, is that it, out of all of the weapons, the, the one that you're going to hurt yourself the most with is the nunchucks. And so I used to play around with like little rubber nunchucks and I would always whack myself right in the face with them <laughs> on accident. And I'm just like, wow, I'm glad these don't hurt. But, uh, I imagine, yeah. I imagine Michelangelo has uh, gone through a, couple dozen of those whacks right to the yeah, forehead. Yeah, he's, he's, he's probably has several concussions from hitting himself <laughs> in the face, so... And that's why he's who he is, so... That makes what is that, a lot of in-lore sense. What is it, like, CTS <laughs> or something? Like, the football players have yeah. from all the concussions? Something <laughs> yeah. like that? God. Yeah. That's very sad. Well, we have a write-in from uh, Alejandro at A Random Gamers Corner, or it's at A Random Gamers Co. But his podcast is A Random Gamers Corner. He says... Haven't played it, but plan on doing so. Donnie is the best one to me. Chris, you want to you want to light this man's entire world on fire right now? Look, I mean, I Donatello is a respectful second place. I'll give him that because he is the smartest one. So he's the one that's always building the gadgets and stuff like that. The nerd? Yeah, he's the nerd. He's the nerd of the, of the group. Oh my god! But um, that's fine. Like build your stuff, but you know, Raphael just only needs these little these little poking. Th- Poking size to, to rough some stuff up, you know? Sorry. We also have a Make Arcade at Make Arcade. He says, love the original, and this is basically the original with a fresh coat of paint. Playing the original at Chuck E. Cheese was a highlight of my childhood. Donatello is the best turtle, and I have a tattoo of him to back <laughs> yeah. that up. 
<laughs> Running yeah. theme here. Everybody yeah, likes Don. Everyone, everyone loves the nerds now. That's what it is. That's what this was going on here. I mean, I get I, it, I like but... I like Donatello before it was cool. All right, I was just like purple. That's my guy. <laughs> well, I remember. Was it in the Angry Nerds video? They highlighted Donatello is the best turtle because he had the longest range in the NES yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, he does. I, I, I mean, again, I'll give him that. But, um, and as Tom would say, the be- his, his opinion is the best turtles are the ones that end with uh, their names end with O. And I, I think that's, <laughs> that's not true at all. But, you know, it's fine. All right. That leads right into in this game, you, it's like Castle Crashers where each individual character levels up. And so we each kind of like picked a main to stick with and level up. I chose uh, Master Splinter because he's a rat in a bathrobe, and I felt a connection to him whenever I saw him. Not to mention, I whenever I jumped in before to like kind of play this game by myself before I joined Nave, I saw that there is a lot on the screen, and being able to identify yeah. with a purple bathrobe really helped me keep track of what was going on. There is one level in particular yeah. where, because I was playing Michelangelo, so I was like orange, I guess. And there was a bunch of orange enemies that we were fighting, and it was just yeah. like even that one percent of my character model being orange was <laughs> making it that much harder for me to just find myself in this cacophony, this visual explosion of of pixels and animations. But I mean, I guess the good thing is they give you a little a, uh, a button to show yeah, where like you are. One on of the, the bumpers screen. or something, yeah, or the triggers. Yeah, like it gives you a little like highlight. I almost wish there was more though. Like, give me like a little yeah. circle around my feet, like in the Madden games, so I know which one's mm-hmm. me. They also give you a button to Fortnite fucking dance on people, and I'm so yeah, the one that them or laughing. I put this in the notes or whatever. But there's a couple things you can do that's like uh, your special moves, which lets you do like a big jump slam or like an AOE effect. But to charge it up. You can either just like fight normally or you can do your character's form of generating your special bar, which everyone had their own custom animation for this. Splinter is kind of simple. He just meditates. But then the turtles each had very dignified each of their own. It's like, what do you have, Nave? My character did a Fortnite dance. It's a, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And he, he uh, jokes Raph, about uh, Raph, what did Raph do? Raph just, uh, just laughed at people. So that was the thing. Which wow, I, wow. I mistakenly did a lot of times when I was trying to do revives instead of um, instead of you know, trying to help people out. So so he would walk over your dead corpse and just laugh <laughs> at you twice. <laughs> and you're just like, please help me. It's like, oh, sorry, I pushed the wrong button. <laughs> All the time. Which is great because I would just fucking start dancing on the fucking body. <laughs> just fucking get down yeah. instead of helping. It's awesome. Which to revive people when they get knocked, they're down with that, not out or whatever. You get a 10, 10 count timer. Uh, you get a chance to go in there and rub pizza on them or like near their face. <laughs> like they get smelled to try to like wake them up. But of course, some of the characters like dead animations. It looks like you're literally just rubbing pizza on their butt as they're just like laying on the ground. <laughs> it's like the smelling salts, right? That's how yeah, do it. yeah. It's great because whenever we were playing for about half the half of the game, we had Eric from Game Positive with us, and yeah. that was around the same time that we learned that the revive button doubles as the high five button. So oh, yeah. me, and Eric, me and Eric just kept high fiving all the time, and just and it for, <laughs> I think it forces you to high five if someone runs up to you and fucking puts their hand up. You have to stop what you're doing and high five them back. So. We would just start high fiving in a loop until someone got knocked away by an enemy. 
I think the high five button highlights a, a very important design aspect of this game is that it is purely designed just for fun. Like, I don't think there's anything crazy, like innovative in this game, as far as I can tell. But as a gameplay, I had like I was smiling when we were playing it. Like we were cheering and yelling like my kids were trying to sleep in the other room. And I'm like, it's turtle time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, I mean, and they did add a few more things to like the arcade. You know, the arcade was very simple, right? It was just the attack button, jump and maybe your special. And then the special would would take life away from you when you whenever you used it because you know arcades back in the day were just evil they wanted you to die yeah yeah quarter eating machines so but the fact that you can do a charge up attack like you could do like those like back like backflip and then jump attacks like that there's there's like the rising attack too like all these little things as they add just just to kind of keep things fresh was was really cool i i appreciated that you know what it really reminded me of? Have you guys played, well, I know Nave has, but Smash TV? Yes. I mean, way back in yeah. the way. But. With a, a lot of bright flashing <laughs> colors, big pixels, ridiculous things just happening as you win a car. When you, like, yeah. but, like, the funny thing, okay, Smash TV is like a super old game. I don't remember how me and yeah. Philip played. I think it was just on Xbox Arcade, just got re-released. But whenever Philip went, have you ever played Smash TV? I saw Chris go through a time portal. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Smash TV is what you just said to me? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Smash TV would be a great co-op game for the pod. We'll have to do that one. I can't believe we did so Bubble good. Bobble before Smash TV. You were like Bubble Bobble, so Dude, good. And I'm I like grew up with Bubble Bubble. Seven second delay, the fucking all game. <laughs> so yeah, this is fun, Villa. Thanks, thanks for this. <laughs> What's this game? Zero lag, except for uh, lightning yeah. taking out our our compadres. <laughs> Twice. It was. A- it was surprisingly, uh, I, I was, yeah, I was very surprised how good the multiplayer was. Like drop in, drop out was great, um, and yeah, like 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 uh, Nave mentioned, Eric joined us like randomly, and it was like, whoa, okay, we got four players going now. So that was good. Yeah, good time. It's even better because it's drop in, drop out online and local. So like, yeah, when it, when we started the first match, I realized that there was a press start to play thing. I was like, everyone pause, and I ran over, grabbed a controller, and sure enough, I was able to join with a second controller while we were in the middle of an online public lobby. And sick. that is just that's so sick. It really evokes that that feeling of you playing like gauntlet at the arcade with you and two of yeah. your friends, but that third place was empty and some just kid runs up, throws some fucking quarters in there and starts playing with you. Drops in. And all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, warrior needs food badly. I love gauntlet so much. And I love all <laughs> the gauntlet. So games. good too. Yeah. Yeah. Golden this game Anyone is super player friendly. Golden, a- golden axe makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. I can't do golden axe as far as beat em ups go. It's, it's rough. But I love riding on those Yoshis that stick their tongues out, you know, like hit yeah. things. <laughs> that was like my favorite part as a kid. Let's see. Six player drop in, drop or co op drop in slash drop out is very nice. Uh, there's no friendly fire. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Nave would have beat my ass. <laughs> like in, uh, was it Streets of Rage? Where half Streets the time we were just fighting each other. Yes, I would fucking like I would see a hole and I would just stay I would stop what I'm doing and just have a weapon in my hand just waiting for Philip to walk in front of that hole so I could whack him in the back <laughs> of the head and knock him into the hole and kill him. Just hear Nave, why? As he's falling into the hole. God. But the having friendly fire in this game would be insanity with six be. player co-op. It would be way too hard. <laughs> because the screen's only so big and there's a lot of turtles yeah. on there already. 
if we talk about characters real quick before we get too far from our little intro segment, we of course have the four classic turtles. We have Master Splinter, and then we have the humans, which is uh, God, what was her name? Anthony. April. And yeah, April Casey and Casey Jones. Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> he murdered her children. What is wrong with you? My fault. I get them mixed up all the time. They're so easy to get mixed up. <laughs> God. As Nate rushes to correct his Wikipedia edits, he's like, hold on a second. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yeah, Casey, but, Casey Jones and April O'Neil with the other. Which, characters. who would play as a human when you can play as a turtle or a rat, you know? I know. It's true. They need to. But but at the same time, to your point, it'd probably be easier to see when you're playing. Sure, they would. Another thing okay. is that uh, when you're playing multiplayer, for one, you can't be you can't have six Donatellos, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> maybe they'll patch that later on. In this game, every single character has varying stat lines. So, which is interesting. There's six characters and there's six variations. Everyone's incredibly balanced. Um, some a little bit more than others, but then the last character, the Casey, uh, Casey Jones, Casey Jones, Jones. sorry. Yes. Uh, he, I think he, so everyone has six points distributed amongst three stats. And I think he has seven points distributed amongst three stats. He's the character that oh. you unlock at the end of the campaign, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Did not know that. Also, I'm a statistics nerd. I don't know. Oh, you know I went through like, Hmm, I wonder how balanced everyone is. And I went through making notes. Like, it's like, you know the the two the psi character. Well, no, it's a uh, the nunchuck character and the girl both have one reach. It's like reach, speed, and damage. That's the three stats. You could probably just guess all of them. Honestly, it's pretty intuitive. Like What's, I like how you memorize all the stats, but you still haven't figured out everyone's names. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the blue. I, I like all the, 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 the you know the one with the sticks. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, the blue one, Napoleon Bonaparte, he has two in attack, defense, and and range or whatever. And so I was like, why doesn't everyone pick this character? But I think I probably have the most experience online. I mean, that's not saying much. But I played I played probably about eight or nine hours just goofing off in random part, lobbies. And I, I started to pick out who kind of the most popular characters were as well. And I would probably say I, didn't, I don't think I went into a single random la- uh, lobby that didn't have – what is it, Donatello, the purple one? Mm-hmm. I think he was in every single lobby, and he was almost always one of the first two players as well. So that was an interesting thing, because I assumed that the blue one would be the more popular one, because he had the most gen- he had the most baseline stats. He had two in everything, rather than having a deficit. He was just a jack-of-all-trades. But I was thinking of it like a fucking nerd, and I think a lot of people were just like, the swords, yay! And or, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, I I also picked the rat because I think he had the highest base power. If I remember, but he had like crap other stats. All right, he's Master Splinter after all. Let's see, no friendly fire. Oh, there was a couple like we talked about this game just being like fun to play. There were a couple mechanics that kind of popped up that was just kind of ridiculous that were fun at the time, where they went from having actual like longbow guys that were fighting with actual bows to plunger crossbows. Which Nate yeah. like write this down, write this down. They have plunger crossbows, and we had multiple in lore hypothesis for why they were using plunger crossbows against the turtles. Because before they were using arrows with, they were using bow and arrows. They were just it was a downgrade. Like they downgraded going in. 
<laughs> they ran out of stuff. Yeah, so one of the things was like, yeah, we they obviously ran out of money, so then they need some kind of weapon, right? But it's like, okay, but crossbows are like more difficult to make than regular bows, I would assume. And also Whenever you first run into the plunger people, I'm pretty sure it was in, like, the level was, like, a theme park or something. Yeah, it was a carnival. And, Coney Island. And so we were like, okay, so obviously they got all of these from the machines. You know, they have, like, BB guns and stuff, right? Like, I guess they just have a plunger shooting mini game or something. But no, they show up later in the toxic waste dump where the Joker <laughs> turned into the Joker. That area. So... Yeah, there was just kind of the enemies were all kind of silly too. Like I remember one point we walked into the zoo and we saw statues of Shredder, and I think Nate was like, "It's kind of weird." There's statues of Shredder. I'm like, "When would they have time to make these?" Turns out the statues <laughs> were just ninjas in disguise, as they <laughs> and I'm like, "That's ridiculous." Or when we were in New York and we were walking through the streets and we see human sized trash bags just like just sitting on the side and they like move a little bit too i'm like why can't we hurt these and the second later the ninjas burst out like oh the ninjas didn't burst out yet that's why we can't hurt them because they got to do their big reveal (laughs) or the or the ninjas trying to have ice cream like yeah. the ice cream with their with the face with the mask still covering them. I was like, that's, there were, that's ridiculous. There's so much charm in this game and just little details like that because the very first level you go into, you see different ninjas working in the office that you're destroying. <laughs> like you see, like they in the eyes on and everything too. Yeah, they have ties. They rip their ties off as yeah. you're beating their friends up. They're like, they just pick up their can't like their uh, monitors, monitors and just rip them off and just start throwing them at you. I'm like. This is perfect. There are ones that are like yeah. working at the sushi store and the pizza store. And I'm like, <laughs> pizza store. <laughs> it's almost like the Lego Star Wars thing where like all the stormtroopers have jobs otherwise, other than just being stormtroopers, but they keep their helmets on, of course. <laughs> so good. Oh, now one silly joke that popped up that Nave really had to highlight was there was a parking garage and it was like 12 feet clearance or something on top of the parking garage. And they was like, Philip, look, they crossed out feet and wrote foot because they're the foot clan. <laughs> and it was like FT, like 12 FT clearance. And then but I'm just like that. But <laughs> there was foot everywhere. And I, we, the, the running joke of, you know, what does this, what is this signify? What's the lore significance? Yeah. We were constant. I was like, what does this foot mean? <laughs> what could this mean about society at large? I didn't realize how how little you guys knew about Ninja Turtles. So I was like, wait, you don't know the Foot Clan? Like when you were saying that, I was like, what? Well, we knew the Foot Clan, you know. We know they're the ninjas. Speak for yourself. I knew there were ninjas in Mutant Teenage Turtles. Yeah, I knew (laughs) there were ninjas in there. You mean, (laughs) I love the movie with, what was her face in it? With uh, the turtles? The Michael Bay one? I've seen that movie... Like twice, and I. You have? Yeah. How is it? As a kid, I actually haven't seen it. You've never seen it? I don't know. I just yeah. remember specific things, and almost everything I remember just became a meme somewhere down. Like the cowabunga it is, like <laughs> meme. Like God, it's so good. Like, <laughs> just looking freaky. <laughs> cowabunga it is, and I, I, I love that picture. <laughs> yeah. Ninja Turtles, so good. Uh oh, just talking about weird game mechanics. At one point, we came across they were like traps in the floor and they would pop out and they were ice traps in like the chemical factory we were at where the joker gets turned into the joker and it would spray ice and freeze us but we didn't realize we could just hit them and break them so like 
a solid 30 second period of us doing karate front flips over these traps, just trying to dodge them, getting turned to ice repeatedly. And finally, Nave is just standing at the end. And I think he just like presses, you know, attack once and breaks one of the traps. He's like, oh, we could break these. Like you just yeah, and everyone the- is dead in the corner. Like everyone has died. And I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to get to you guys. God. This is ridiculous. Like, I don't even think that's supposed to be challenging gameplay. I think it's just supposed to be like, hey, here's a little like encounter. But we got right. stopped by the ice traps. <laughs> yeah. This game just has so much style. And like every story beat, like the whole beginning is just like you're going to watch the news or something like that from the turtle cave. And you see Bebop and Rocksteady have taken over the news station and they're doing our their own news programming and having a broadcast across the city. So the turtle's gonna go put a stop to it. Along the way, they end up losing the turtle mobile. The no, Rock City the, the tires got stolen. Oh, that was just the tires? <laughs> they were in they the building the for like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the tires are gone. So bad. And they put it on their own car, which they labeled the turtle tenderizer, which they're going to use to kill you. And this is where we started finding the bosses. And we find out that in canon, turtles aren't really killing people. Most of the, the ninjas that we fight are robots, or they're just robots, robots. Ro- Septicons or whatever the Triceratopsicons, the Dinocons, whatever they are. Anyways, yeah, they're all be robots. Sure to remind us, <laughs> yeah, they would explode, and it got to a point where we'd beat like Rock Stadium them, who we know aren't robots, and they would just get stars above their head. But there was one enemy that was a bat, <laughs> and his name was Wingnut. And I don't know if he was in the show, but I've never seen Winged Up before in my life. He was, he was in the show. But Wingnut's we... the most, the third most popular Ninja Turtle enemy. Is he? <laughs> yes. Go look at any tier list on the internet, Philip. But it would definitely go like Shredder, Krang, and then Bebop and Rocksteady as a Team Rocket duo, and then everyone else. No one cares Baxter about Baxter Stockman. No, you got to put Baxter Stockman in there too. What is he a human? Bebop was never in the show. No, he was. What? He had to be in don't the show. Don't you dare say that. Get out of here. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Alright, anyways, Wingnut, the famous Ninja Turtles character, we're fighting him in the sky in a in a blimp or something, I don't even remember what we were fighting him in, a chopper, we, we shoot him down, he crash lands, and he just is lying in a in a wreckage, and this we is are in the clouds when we shoot him down, he is like, he hit terminal velocity when he hits the ground. But every other boss we've encountered up to this point, is, except for the robot, which explodes, they get stars above their head as they get knocked out on the ground. Wingnut doesn't have any stars above his head. No so we stars. instantly came to the conclusion that Wingnut died in the crash. <laughs> <laughs> Wingnut is dead. <laughs> and the turtles walk past his dead body and just continue on making pizza jokes, pretending like they didn't just murder that bat. His body was twitching and everything was so yes. His body was twitching on the ground. <laughs> I, just, I just want to say rest in peace, Wingnut. Wingnut, we missed you, bro. <laughs> he didn't deserve uh, that. <laughs> even the shell head, like the robot turtle. Yeah, later on, turtle. Yeah. He had stars too when you beat him. That's what I'm saying. Wingnut is officially dead. But Shredder didn't have stars either. He was dead well, too. He also like lost his corporeal form when he became a shadow ninja of the gods. <laughs> as he true, spoilers. But, uh, he gave himself over to the nether realm. Like I don't know what the hell just happened to him. It's crazy. Yeah. Which that was actually a really cool fight. Like you actually get a two phase yeah. fight at the end. Full spoilers for turtles that just came out. But uh, 
we defeat Krang and Shredder shows up and he has the mutagen. I assume the mutagen that made the turtles turtles. And what happens when you give, was it ninja making chemicals that usually turn a rat in a turtle turtles into ninja turtles. You give it to a human. He turns into a mutant ninja human, which is actually <laughs> very deadly. And we got super knocked down shredder. a lot better. Yeah. Super shredder. And he was pretty cool to fight. He went like a shadow form, except he went just like the Joker because we've referenced the Joker three times now. So in at the end of, uh, was it the Dark Knight Asylum? Arkham maybe Arkham City, city? I think. I think it's City, city where Arkham he, he, city, yeah. he takes the sauce. Yeah, and he yeah. turns into Super Joker, Super Mutant Joker, and then Batman <laughs> has to fight him there. We had to fight Super Mutant Shredder and take him down. Before he, he disintegrated or whatever. Which is great, but it's a little disappointing because the, I think the first phase of the fight has this fucking amazing song that's playing in the background. Like, who is it? Who did you say was... Uh, it was Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer was in that. Ghostface. It was fucking great. The best thing is that the whole time we're playing, we have a smile on our faces, we're goofing, we're laughing, we're joking around. As soon as that song came on, specifically me and Eric, we were like, okay, hold on. We're, I'm muting you guys. Like, we gotta try, I gotta this, up. this is really fucking fun. Is a really good fight because the the music just amps it up like to fifteen, and then you beat him yeah. and he goes sicko mode, and the music's gone. So it's like okay, well, it was fun for a minute. Yeah, I wonder if that's on Spotify because Streets of Rage's soundtrack is on Spotify. Dot Emu published oh, that as well. Still good. Street, Streets of Rage's soundtrack is unnecessarily good. Like, like they did not have to kill us that hard with that soundtrack. <laughs> it is on uh, there, and yeah. Uh, the song is called "We Ain't Came." We ain't came to lose, and nice. it's Ghostface Killer. Yeah. <laughs> the song is called "We Ain't Came to Lose" by Ghostface Killer. Yeah, so I think we are covering points pretty good. Do you guys have any more meat points? Because I think I'm tapped out. I mean, it was just—it was such a good time, and relatively short. Like you could, it, we did, we did do it in one sitting. Beat the entire campaign. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool to go from start to finish. Like this is, this is pinnacle. I, I feel like this is what you guys should consider to be the co-op game to beat. <laughs> like, like honestly, just because of the fact that you can, you guys can play this game together and like do it in such a short amount of time, but still have such like the, the, the time to fun ratio in this game is just can't be beat. I'm sorry. I think he's trying I, to call a uh, co-op game of the year for gaming together. Do you think <laughs> it can be Wolfenstein Youngblood, though? I was going to. I was I like, do you think it can beat the time to fun ratio of ESO, where you're only having fun for 10 <laughs> yeah, minutes like 5% for every 20 time. hours you yeah. play? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. let's see. I don't know. There's a, it's a strong st- like stance to take. Like This game is definitely a very juicy cheeseburger of fun. I yeah. don't know how much it actually costs. I had, we played on Game Pace or was it Game Pass? Game Pace. <laughs> and I know, right? And with that barrier of entry being so low, this just magnified the fun for us to be able to just like pop in out of nowhere and start playing it. Uh, we had other people that were trying to join us and they were trying to cloud game connect to us or something, right? No, it's uh, uh, he's talking about, oh crap, the crowned heathens. We we're trying to meet oh. up. We we're trying to get like a, a full on six player match, but. Getting yeah. six people all together on the same time just to coordinate, that's really hard. Especially yeah. when we all live different space times. It's yes. really hard. It is hard. But it's okay. We tried. I mean, you know, we still got Eric to come out and play with us. That was good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was great because like for like a, a whole level, we didn't know Eric was Eric. We he was just a random <laughs> person in our game. Yeah. It doesn't put and their gamer tag up on the screen. It just uh, yeah. says like Donatello. There's a dedicated who is in my game button though. It's the Y button. So you just press that yeah. and you see everyone over there on the left side. All right. Uh Nave, do you have any more meat points? Uh nope. I guess. I we'll figure it out when we go to our what do we call it at the end of the show? We're gonna go to that. Our final words. Let's take final a quick break. Word. Dun, 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 dun. Glug glug glug. We got tiny waters this time, Nave. Look how tiny they are. <laughs> That's so uh disrespectful to the planet. <laughs> I'm just kinda of my losses. I think we need to abandon the planet. We either need to abandon meat space <laughs> and go fully digital or abandon the planet. So you heard it here, everyone. Philip is pro AI takeover. He's yep, anti human. I'm, I'm ready to conform. And we're back. Don't, don't worry. I am the anti-AI. So we get that's how you get that balanced discourse from our show. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I'll go and step in with my final words on this one. This game is, like Chris said before, might be the co-op game of the year. It is super action-packed fun. You can just drop into any level and have a good time. I had my daughter like walk over and she's like what are you playing like instantly like all the flashing pixels and everything the majesty that were the four turtles fighting alongside master shredder and she knew she had to figure out what this was and i said oh it's ninja turtles and she was like oh okay and then she left but i could tell for <laughs> a minute she was interested and i don't think it would take much for me to get my kids to be like we're gonna play ninja turtles right now and get them over to play some ninja turtles so I recommend you download this game. It is so easy to get local players in. You don't have to do any of the annoying crap where it's like, you got to log in a guest profile or you can only mm-hmm. play online or you can only play local. You can mix and match all you want. All you need to do and play this game is incredibly player friendly. Play this game. It's good. What did Eric say? He said he had a story about his daughter too, right? Do you remember yeah, he, what it was? I he told was saying him to that he write was it playing, down and send oh, it to us because I would forget. <laughs> And you saying that, I thought you were telling Eric's story. Okay, so I'll pretend to be Eric for a second. He was playing the game with his daughter, I think, and she was playing as April, is it April May? What's her name? April April O'Neil. April, April O'Neil, May. that's it. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's playing as April O'Neil, and so she's a human. She's human, can- canonically. And he was playing as one of the turtles. And they bumped into one of the bosses, and I think it was like Rock State or something like that. And he's like, we're going to make turtle soup out of you. And she starts laughing because that's just him. Because she's human. She's not going to be made into turtle soup, most likely. <laughs> and <laughs> on paper, explain the joke might fall a little flat. But when you think about it, it really tickles the tummy, you know? Children yeah. are magical. <laughs> All right, who wants to take the next final words? I can go. go uh, play the game. It's fun. It's like arcade. <laughs> Cade's pretty good. That's it. I'm done. Well said. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I just got to echo what you guys said. It was just a good old time. Uh, definitely brought back the the memories of this game of of the older Ninja Turtle games, but still giving you some new mechanics and stuff like that. Like the the rising attacks were super helpful, especially for those flying uh, enemies, which were super annoying back in the day when you had to deal with flying enemies. So. Um, it was just, it was so cool. It was, it, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, Tribute Games made this and 
hope they continue to make cool stuff like this. I, I hope maybe maybe one day they'll do um, more beat 'em ups like uh, Sunset Riders. I hope so. Hopefully, we'll see. Well, the thing about tribute games, I didn't really highlight this, but it was like the main the main people or designers in there. Uh, they were from titles like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and so they have a history Ooh. in the beat 'em up series. It's not like they are not like a no name studio. They have actual people that have worked on prior projects. The one thing I'm most happy about is finally the people that live in New York can see their environment (laughs) in a video game. True to form. I'm so happy for them. So so accurate to how the world really is in New York or how New York really is portrayed. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. The game's good. So, Nave, what are we playing next week? I don't know. Philip Philip's going on – going on vacation so we got this one for the front log and when phil gets back we're just gonna see what he feels like playing maybe it's gonna be gears five <laughs> maybe we'll play monster high school dating simulator again just for just for fun <laughs> you know i've been thinking about that like man do we need to be doing like revisits like a year later like maybe you guys should do that on a one hour one decision at some point being like man i really didn't like haven that much but Maybe we should go back and give it another try. Do like the maybe second we... hour of the game. <laughs> yeah, hour two. Just reload Yo, your class. Hour save. two. That'd be a, that'd be an interesting. But like, I forgot what I was doing at all in Prey, but now I'm going to try and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to try to Prey again, especially when with with Nave saying how good it was. But I feel like this is one of those games that like someone needs to kind of shepherd me again into it because. Just like Dave from Tales of the Backlog shepherded me into the first few hours of Bloodborne. Like this is, I feel like this is one of those games where like maybe I'm missing something about how awesome this game is or how awesome Prey is. So it it has this kind of like curve that I find myself defending a lot lately where you are very bad at the beginning of the game. And then as you lo- get your powers ranked up and stuff and you get more and more diverse like strategies available to you, you're able to tackle like the game in so many different ways that it becomes a sandbox of just creativity. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to experience that when you have none of that. And so it's an, it, it's an inherent, downside to the way that the show is structured not that your show is bad but just because you are you you guys acknowledge that that i saved nave yeah. don't good have job good first hours like if you guys got this game on your show which unfortunately i think is disqualified now right since you've played the whole yep. thing if yep. you guys got this on one hour one decision this game fucks in the first hour like <laughs> you're incredible fun. Yeah. you get brutal yeah. legend in the first hour you're like oh this is game of the year whenever it came <laughs> out but um prey unfortunately like a lot of games in this uh, like loose role-playing game structure, suffer in the first hours. Like The Witcher. Yeah, it's great like, at hour 10. Skyrim, kind of. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought the premise, like the idea was really cool because it, you know, it immediately flips the script. And in that sense, I was, I was really like intrigued by that. But it's just like the actual gameplay at the time, at like – at that hour, which just wasn't appealing to me. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. They definitely oh. went really hard on the narrative hook really early on because they, yeah. they, I, I assume they knew the weakness of the gameplay structure. Like, it was very front loaded, where, like, yeah. they needed a hook early so that people would get through that hard part of the game. Like, what it reminds me of in Witcher is the Bloody Baron, uh, 
giant line of quests where it is so narratively captivating that even though the game ain't that great, I'm going to be honest, if you're just playing for funsies, you're not going to have a lot of fun in Witcher 3. But uh, if you're really interested in narrative, that barren line will get you through that entire like hump. And by the time you're done yeah. with the bloody barren line, you are basically strong enough to go fuck off in the main story and do nothing else and probably win. But yeah. And I love right. that kind of stuff. Well, first off, I want to thank Chris for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This is fun as always. Always chatting with you guys has been a uh, a blast. I know you're a, you have been a recurring guest on the pod many times at this point and we talk about you guys a lot. But how about you rehash <laughs> For in case we have a new listener, what your show is like and where they can find you. Sure. So uh, Tom and I play a random game on Xbox Game Pass for an hour. Uh, now we're doing requests. So if anyone wants to give us a request and we haven't played the game yet. So it's going to be a game that we, Tom and I have not played. And we will play that game for an hour and decide if it is worth our time to continue playing that game past that hour. We are almost at 80 episodes. So you can check us out on Twitter at TC1H1D. Um, and our podcast is on most audio platforms and, um, our, we have our YouTube videos that go up every Wednesday and, um, on the quit the bill channel on, cause we are, we're partners with those guys over there. So, uh, you can check out, our, we have our own little playlist over there. So yeah, put all our new stuff. Nice. So nice. thanks guys. Speaking of the, uh, the request thing, which is it's sad because when you guys get requests, I'm like, Oh, I want to see what the. The, the surprise me button is going to screw them over with this time because it always seems to do that. It's like, yeah. all right, well, here's Yakuza 4. And you're like, what? <laughs> 4? Great. Perfect um, starting point. I, when this happened, probably about four or five months ago, um, I mentioned this on the podcast, but this is the first time I've said it to your face where I recommended you guys Infernax, but mm – -hmm. I didn't know that I was recommending you guys Infernax for the show. I w I saw that game and I was like, "Hey, that game that reminds me of whenever I was talking to Tom and he was talking about old school game design." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll float this to Chris and see if they like this." And then you guys made an entire episode about it. And then afterwards, <laughs> you're like, "Hey, that Infernax game, that episode's coming out soon." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I never played the game. And you're like, what? You recommended a game you never played? <laughs> like, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't know that that was what was happening. Just oh thought it looked old God. school. It's fine. It's fine. But I did but, watch yeah. both of you play that game on Twitch. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was uh, kind of painful, but kind of cool, but kind of painful game. But Yeah, I could tell. Tom doesn't talk on the tw when he's Twitch streaming, but I could tell no. he was like starting to get frustrated <laughs> because I would, I would see him <laughs> die. And then there would just be like a pause, like he like nothing would happen for a little bit, and I could just tell because I could feel it of him going, "Oh my god, like I can't believe this happened to me again." But um, yeah, which that's a cool perk. I think he already talked about his Twitch about their Twitch, but they play oh, the games yeah. that they're doing uh, their next episode on on the Twitch stream, so you get to experience at yes. least for on Chris's side you get to experience his gut his reactions hour. immediately yeah. yeah you'll you'll see Tom play you won't hear him talk or, or he won't oh. he won't talk on the chat or anything but it's still very yeah. interesting yeah oh yeah sorry yes we do have a Twitch channel thank you for reminding me uh and that is twitch.tv/1h1d i always keep forgetting about that because it's like yeah we we it's very casual we only play for an hour and um you know after that don't really play although i've been starting to play some of the games that i've uh, I've talked about playing, continuing to play, 
and try to beat them on the, on the uh, streams every once in a while. So got a couple that I definitely want to play on stream. So I'll let you know soon. And occasionally he gets bullied out. into playing Resident <laughs> Evil or something. <laughs> like you guys yeah, were ballsy. Yeah, you did. You were ballsy because you were like, I don't know if it was YouTube subscribers or something, but you're like, if we get yes. to this milestone, and I was like, oh, I've got a lot of fucking, I got a lot of people. I can just be like, hey, can you fucking do this for me? <laughs> and so I got a whole bunch of people, whatever it was, your Twitch follows or yeah, the YouTube, yeah, it was, I it was YouTube. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna get, we're gonna get Resident Evil. <laughs> you should have did that one. If it was anything else, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. All right. I think we can call it here then. Thanks for joining us this week, co-op partners. Maybe next time we can have a little turtle time. Or eat some gabagool. (laughs) Gabagool. (laughs) That's stupid. Maybe end it. (laughs) 